The Athletic. Well, hello and welcome to the Race IndyCar podcast. It's simple this week. We've no race to break down. We've opened up the address book and who better to call than the reigning IndyCar champion, Alex Flo. So now we've got two people who finished second in the Indy 500 on the line with JR Hildebrand here as well. Alex, before we go any further, it's been September since we last had you on the show. So have you found any new fried chicken places to recommend to the listeners? Thank you for having me. Um, it's always always fun to be here. But uh, no, I haven't because I haven't oh. won any race. So um, if I don't win, I cannot really discover new. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the off season, no, you didn't you didn't find anywhere after you'd won the championship that you could treat yourself. Uh, no, no, because I I I had the opportunity to go back home, obviously to see the family and friends. So I had to spend some time there. Um, I had some Spanish food, obviously, some really good uh, food that I was enjoying there. So, yeah, I'm, I, I cannot wait for some fried chicken now. It's time. <laughs> what's the what's the go-to, like, homely dish that you have when you go back to Spain? Like, if there's one thing you have to eat when you go back to Spain, that it's only the same when you go back there, what, what would that be? It must be paella. Um, yeah, yeah it's, gotta be. it's really good. I, I love it. And it's something that it's... Um, you can only get there, let's say. Um, I know you can get somewhere else, but uh, the really good one or the the style I like, it's only in Spain. So yeah, I get paella. It's good. Um, yeah, I, I I could do a paella now as well. <laughs> <laughs> JR, you've been to Spain? Have you, have you had paella in Spain before? I have. Uh, it's been a little while, but um, yeah, been to uh, Barcelona and uh, in and out of Madrid. So yeah. Um, have a, have a bit of experience, Alex. Is there anywhere in Indianapolis for Spanish food that you can recommend? I haven't tried, to be honest. It's like, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's not the best to, to try and find a Spanish place here. It's like when I was in Japan racing there, uh, everybody at the team, they wanted to take me to like Spanish restaurants. And I was like, no, I'm not in Japan to eat Spanish food, right? So I'm, <laughs> I'm here to eat uh, Japanese. But same here, uh, haven't looked for any place but i'm sure that there should be some some good places i think all of this is adding up to the race's extensive budget to to pay for us to go to spain and have some paella together and a, a few estrellas i'll I join think. i'll join let's do it <laughs> we need a new computer first jack Yes, yes, JR does need a new computer, which we need to pay for. But anyway, JR, to put you on the spot for a minute, what was, uh, what's impressed you most about Alex's kind of rapid rise in the in the IndyCar series here? I know I definitely got mine, but what, what would yours be? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've talked about it on the podcast, Alex. Um, I, I think for me last year, just from your first race with Ganassi, and it was something that I think was, I think it's a part of why part of why they hired you in the first place from your rookie year the previous season. But to me, the, the most impressive thing was just your demeanor throughout the season from the, from the very get go, um, you know, coming in, winning the first race, not, not, not seeming as though you were feeling any pressure to do that and just being able to get in the car, go do your thing. You know, it's a position coming to one of one of, if not the top teams in the IndyCar series with Scott Dixon as your, as a teammate, Marcus Erickson, who had had a couple more, had another year under his belt than you and, and been at that team to be able to come in and just be, to have that kind of freedom, you know, that feeling of ease coming in and just to go do what you were there to do from the get-go was, uh, was something that, 
that impressed me seeing it from the outside and throughout the year, you know, towards the end of the season, you had the engine failure. And then there was a moment where it sort of seemed like, okay, they, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't fault somebody for kind of being on the back foot at that point. Like, Oh, you know, we've had, we've had a lead here and now it's dwindled. People are catching up you know, there's still a few races left. Other things could go wrong. Um, and it just, you had a smile on your face, like, all right, this, we'll just go, we'll just go do our thing again. So I think that to me, it's a different, you know, you, you, uh, in sports, you talk about athletes having a sort of champions mindset. And sometimes you think about that being this really gritty, you know, kind of intense, perspective on on what it is they're there to do a, a sort of a fighter's mentality and while we know that you've got that you know sort of like inside you um i w- it was refreshing to watch you also have you know just you could kind of like roll your shoulders back and just get on with it like that's also that's also obvi- obviously turned out to be a champion's mindset yeah, at the end you, of the man. day so um yeah i was really impressed with that throughout the season for thank sure. you so much i wasn't really that impressed i i, I think alex could have been better last year really i, I think <laughs> always i think i think 10 podiums in 19 races is not good enough i think i you know, tried you, you've got i tried man i tried it, it could have been 11 or 12 for sure. Like, come on, you, you, you've got to, you've got to pull it out this year. Alex. Could have been 19 <laughs> as well. So <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I've got to, I've got to ask, uh, about your, your kind of, uh, demeanor and things since you've become a champion. Cause I know you're a very kind of humble guy anyway, and, and you don't really let kind of winning a race affect your kind of mindset or, or things like that, but you must've been very busy with, you know, media appearances and, and visits and things in the off season after you won the championship. But now we are kind of back to racing, you know, uh, are people starting to recognize you in the street a little bit more? And are you starting to notice, um, you know, people kind of seeing this is Alex Pelot, the IndyCar champion, um, you know, just a bit more recognition and than, than you might've had before. Do you think? Yeah, a bit more than obviously the first year or or last year at the beginning or even at the end. So um, yeah, I get a bit more recognized uh, at the races and stuff. But at the same time, I have Jimmy Johnson and Scott Dixon as my teammates. So it's it's <laughs> it's tough to to beat that. It's it's like I'm I'm still uh, really small compared to Jimmy, which is hundred percent normal. But that makes me feel like I don't have uh, as much media uh, as much stuff going on so that makes me feel a bit more calm um because if you would see jimmy's uh schedule you would be like mind blown so um yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, got, I was a bit more busy uh the first couple of races this uh this season but it's been it's been really fun like i got to travel to uh st pete uh good weather two days before three days before at long beach which which was also good weather and i had to spend some time in la so uh it's been fun so far and and all the media stuff that i'm doing it's talking good how good last year was and how good we started this year so it's just pushing us a bit more um and it's been fun so far so i mean you spend you spend a career working your way up to trying to get to a championship like indycar in the first place and then before too long, you've gone and won a champ, won the championship there. That's a quick kind of ascension coming from Japan, coming over, entering into the IndyCar series, and then boom, 
you know, your second year in with one of the best teams in the series, you go beat Scott Dixon, Marcus, you know, these guys talking about having Jimmy on your team, um, you know, coming into this season, has that, how has your mentality changed about just your sort of competition level? Are the expectations different? You know, how are you coming into this season kind of looking at this year? Yeah, I think I was really fortunate and I'm still really fortunate uh, to to had the opportunity to go so fast to a top team. Uh, you know how difficult it is in IndyCar, but I guess I was in uh, and there are good place and the good timing, right? Everything um, was good. And also the teammates I had um, made me feel really comfortable in the team. Uh, having S Scott Dixon, he's, uh, you know, Scott, he, he's a guy that is super open and and he, he knows so much that you can learn all day about him, about Jimmy, about Marcus as well, all the experience he has in F1. And, and he had already one team, uh, one year with the team. So it was like, a comfortable um, scenario for me to to enter, and this year I think I'm I'm still the same as last year. I mean, we won the the year, uh, we won the championship last year, but we still want to do a bit more, a bit better. Uh, we know the competition is super high. I have more points than last year, but uh, we're third in the championship, so it's always like super. Uh, tough in IndyCar but um, yeah I, I feel I'm more comfortable obviously just because of the experience not because of the fact that we won last year and maybe I have some more confidence in some places that uh, we did good last year um, just because I know I can push a lot there that I feel good with a car and and that obviously not having to win because we did already last year that takes a bit of pressure off uh, it's like I don't need to do something um, I never done before. And so I guess talk to me about maybe from a more tactical perspective over this off season, were there any particular areas that either as a team at Ganassi or on the 10 car specifically that you guys felt like, okay, we can definitely get better and maybe need to put a little bit of extra emphasis on preparing for these types of tracks or these types of situations coming into the season after such a successful year last year? Yeah, lots of stuff. Um, I think we were really good last year, but there was some places that we were really bad as well. Um, one of the things we focused as a team was qualifying. Uh, we still haven't achieved what we wanted. Um, we we were in the top six, uh, fast six in, in qualifying at Long Beach, which was a good improvement, but we still don't have that one lap pace as, as some other teams. Um, so we're moving better and on the 10 car, but specifically me, um, I wanted to focus on, on ovals. Um, I did really good last year uh, at Indy and I felt really comfortable, but uh, you know, Indy it's different to other races because you have so much running you have testing uh you can get comfortable with a car and you can get comfortable with following cars passing and stuff um but other races like texas i struggled to be there uh, was not the best of my weekends um and yeah i'm looking forward to the next oval races like iowa i think it's going to be super cool um gateway as well so yeah on my side personally i focused a bit on ovals which uh hopefully will will come soon so it felt like coming into the the recent Long Beach race, Alex, kind of building off what you were just saying that people weren't really talking about you a lot, you know, despite the fact that you finished second and improved massively at St. Pete somewhere that was quite a tricky weekend for, for you and the team last week, last year. And 
you know, Texas was also a, a good solid resort as well, which I think, as you've just mentioned, you know, was a probably felt like an improvement on on how you felt at Texas last year. So do you feel do you feel like people maybe underestimating or not quite understanding exactly how good your start to the year has been? And can you tell us a little bit more about how you feel it's gone from a personal perspective? Um, I think personally the Tenkar did uh, really good. Like we started really good the year. We got two podiums in three races. Um, three top tens. It's always good in IndyCar to to score those good points. And if you have a really bad weekend and you finish seventh, like we did at Texas, uh, that that means you're having a good <laughs> a start of the season. But the thing is that there's been some other drivers that uh, had a better start than us. Like Joseph won two races, uh, Scott um, won one and and scored a second place at Texas. So they did really well and they they are really strong this year. I think all the Penske group is super, super strong. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's some races that are coming now, like Barber, that uh, we did really good last year. Um, and hopefully we can get uh, our, our head up there and, and try and win it, which we were really close at Long Beach. Uh, we didn't really had everything put together and Joseph was just, uh, yeah, perfect that day. I'm curious, just among the Ganassi cars, you know, it seems like you've clicked just with your team on the guys on your team on the 10 crew right from the beginning. Can you give us any insight into what you feel like between you and the nine and the, and the eight, you know, what do you feel like you guys do so well together, even compared to your teammates? Difficult to say. I think um, if you if you want to know how we work as a team, we work. Everybody works just for the team, not for one car. Like the nine car, they don't work separately uh, to the ten right. car or the eight. So we work all the same. But once, obviously, we are the, at the track, we work our own ways depending on what we need. I think what we've been really good at uh, so far, and we've had some luck as well, which you need on racing. Uh, it's been on during the races. Uh, the pit stops been great. They've done a really good job. I think the crew is matching all together. Like, I think they need to communicate and feel comfortable working on each other, uh, all the mechanics. Um, and we, we had that. So uh, hopefully we can still have that uh, all the year and we can still do really good pit stops and strategies. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's like everything works at the moment, you know, in racing, there's some seasons that everything works and you don't know why, but it just works. <laughs> and there's some other seasons which are going to come or some races that nothing works. Um, so yeah, we need to try, try and get the advantage of, uh, the good momentum that we have now and, and try and score some good wins. So what you're saying is it's all luck. Everything's luck, basically, that, that you guys are so good. Not at all, but you always need, like, you need to have uh, some good luck as well. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like, I think St. Pete, we were a bit lucky with a yellow that put us, catch, uh, made me catch Scott and, and power at the end and, and got me to, to try and overtake them or try and fight for the win. Um, so, yeah, you, you always need a bit of luck. Uh, we had that so far. Um, but as I said, there's going to be some moments where, where we don't have, as we did last year, like we, we had some moments of no luck. Um, but yeah, we made it. I think you may be being a bit hard on yourself, but anyway, you mentioned pit stops. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, I think in the, after the Long Beach race, you said maybe that outlaps is a place where maybe you've been trying to, to, to work on. And I was quite surprised by that because I, 
tend to keep quite a good eye on the times of, of outlaps and things and usually quite high up in, in the order. So I wondered if you could explain a bit more if it was outlaps that you were talking about and, and what it is that you're trying to work on there, perhaps. Well, I think always you need to always to try and improve the outlaps. I think it's a place where you can make a one second difference while on track. You cannot make that. I mean, yeah, you can, but you can make it only like 10th by 10th and that takes like 10 laps. Um, but one second on an outlap, it's nothing. So it's super important to always be up there. And what I was saying at Long Beach, um, I think normally we're pretty good, but at Long Beach, having to do an undercut where you need to really push it on the outlap. I had to focus a lot on, on making sure I was not losing any time there, which we we did really well. Um, I think we were like P2 on the outlaps, uh, but still was not enough to, to get that uh, P1 or that track position with Joseph. Um, so we need to always try and, and focus on that. Uh, it's super important in IndyCar uh, not having tire warmers. I think... Uh, if you look at the timesheet, sometimes you see a 2.5 second gaps between mm. the fastest and maybe top 15. So it's a uh, big chunks of lap time. I think the, the thing I like is obviously in like for people who are watching Formula One, the, the undercut is really quite powerful in, or it can be in, in Formula One, but they, they aren't refueling. So, so you guys are compared to Formula One, you guys are pitting adding fuel to make the car heavier and then putting freezing cold tires on. So you've got like a double whammy of the, the car's heavier and also the tires are cold. So, you know, what you guys are able to do on the outlaps, you know, it must be just so difficult. We, JR and I were talking about this last week because Joseph had a, a couple of, of really good ones in, in Long Beach and yeah, it must just be such a difficult thing to be able to nail um, and, and to be consistent with as well, based on the fact that the car is moving around and it's heavy and, and difficult to control. Yeah, it's tough also because it's completely new tires. So when we go out, it's there's the tires still shiny and you have like two or three corners where it's completely ice and you cannot turn, you cannot break, but you want to still break late, you start locking up. So it's uh it's interesting moments. I think on street courses it's even tougher than road courses. Road courses you normally have more high speed corners and you know you have some runoff area that if something was to happen, you still have some margin there. Um, but on a street course, man, you don't have any. So it's, um, I think it's it's super exciting. It makes the race really exciting. Um, normally it doesn't work, the undercut, but we made it work on the first stop at Long Beach, which was great, I thought. Um, but yeah, I think it's what makes IndyCar a bit more special, right? Um, instead of just putting fresh tires, uh, like warm already and pushing straight on the outlap, you need to uh, work yourself and, and, and hustle the car. So it's fun. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned your teammates, you know, quite a few times and I know you're always keen to, to praise them for not just for what they do for the team, but the, the role they've had in helping you to, to adapt as well since you've moved to the team, but obviously now you've won a championship and, you know, the fans who are looking at it from the outside, you know, they'll see someone who's come into the team and won a championship yourself. And then Scott Dixon, who's a six-time champion who wants to win another championship and Marcus Ericsson, who's desperate to win his first IndyCar title as well. So just, just for the listeners, talk a little bit about whether that relationship between the, the teammates has changed and, you know, how that kind of works now that you're a champion, you know, what, what has, have you seen anything change at all in, in how you guys work together or has everything kind of remained the same? No, not really. To be honest, everything it feels it feels the same as last year. I think everybody. Uh, I think we are in like different uh, levels. Like Scott Dixon, it's like come on, he's 
he's got on on IndyCar. So it's it's he doesn't need to show anything. He doesn't need to hide anything. Or he, he already won six championships. He's gonna win another one. I don't know when. If it's gonna be this year, next year, in two years, ten years from whenever now, whenever he's yeah right, <laughs> like he's gonna win another one. Um, and then Marcus Marcus has been has been super strong this this year and also the past year. So he's we're like pushing pushing each other. Um, we know we all are really fast and if we can make the team faster and the car faster uh, it's just going to make all of us faster and, and better and more competitive so um, yeah so far the the, the relationship with, between all of us it's been great um, and hopefully we can continue like that so yeah so I want to talk about your your what what appear to be your biggest competition this year in the Penske Group. They've had a bit of a resurgence coming into the season, um, scaling down just to three cars. But with Scott coming on as strong as he has at the beginning of the season, clearly three very strong cars. Uh, a little bit like the three of you guys at Ganassi at the beginning of the year last year, just seemed sort of dominant right off the bat. Uh, I'm wondering what you make of that as far as your sort of competition. If you think of them as being the guys that you have to beat. I mean, it, it, early in the season here, it's obviously looking that way, but even Andretti's made, you know, sort of a comeback. They team as a group to be a little bit stronger with Roma there and Colton and Alexander being sort of back on pace. What do you feel about just the, the sort of competition level in the series right now? And, and who are you looking at right now thinking, okay, I think late in the season, these are probably the guys that we're going to have to be, um, you know, keeping our, our closest tabs I, on. I can answer that, all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was sure. going to say, man, IndyCar, you know, come on, it's like, it's so tough, man. It's it's crazy. Like, if you don't have a good session, you suddenly are like P17 and you don't know why. It's it's not like you go out and you are either P1 or P5. You, you can be P17 one second off and you're like, oh my God, what do I do now? So <laughs> it's super tough. Obviously, Penske... As a group, I think they did an amazing job. Um, all the drivers as well, like Scott, I think what he did, um, the first two races was amazing. He was going to win that one as well. Um, and Joseph, I mean, Joseph, the past five years, he's either won or finished second. So when he has a bad day, a good day, a good year, a good car, a bad car, he's always there. And, and yeah, he's tough to beat. He's really tough to beat. He can have one of those weekends where he's, completely dominant and you cannot catch him like I think was last year at mid-Ohio where he just finished P1 in all the sessions every single session and it's like how can I get there um so yeah they are gonna be really tough to beat all the Penskis we saw willpower having a good start of the year as well I think he finished in the top five the three races we've we had um Scott Marcus, everybody at my team. Um, <laughs> then you have Colton, which he, he can be as Joseph, like super quick uh, and completely dominant in, in one weekend. We saw Roman as well, Rossi. I mean, man, and we're not taking into account McLaren's there that... Uh, yeah, are, Pato, you yeah, got a lot of guys. Which, you know, it just takes a, a good weekend to then start um, having uh, a good season. So, yeah, we just want to have good weekends even when when we are struggling 
um, and try and, and and win when we have a good car. I think that Long Beach was was a, an opportunity for us to to win it, uh, and we lost yeah. that one. But uh, yeah, we need to to try and and get the wins that uh, that we can make because there's going to be some weekends where we just struggle and and you cannot even get there. So I'm curious, you know, you've had a chance now up at the front to really race wheel to wheel with a lot of these guys. Who have you enjoyed racing against the most? Who who do you feel like, oh, they, they were a little uh, cagier than I thought they might be? You know, is, is there anything that you've picked up on and kind of enjoyed that competitiveness wheel to wheel against other drivers so far? It's JR. Say say JR. Yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't. I gotta I gotta get myself up into the same uh, <laughs> same operating window as these guys. Yeah, um, I have to say Joseph. Man, he's he's a guy that he's super aggressive, both on uh, trying to defend and and overtake, but he's super clean. You know he's gonna leave you some room so you can. So you can go through the next corner. You can both I, go deep. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'm kind of the same way. Like if we look at Long Beach, I was maybe too aggressive and turned five. It was not a place that you could overtake, but uh, it was the only chance I had, in my opinion. And I left room. I could have just gone straight and boom, wheel to wheel, and he was gone. Um, or both of us were gone. Like um, it was not the right thing to do, obviously. Um, but yeah, I enjoy racing Joseph a lot. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy a lot of guys, but there's some guys that, you know, that if they need to crash you, they'll crash you. And you're like, Oh man, no, please. Um, so yeah, Joseph is one of the guys that I, I enjoy the most. He's definitely got a reputation for being hard, but fair Joseph. And it's always, uh, it was really yeah. cool to see you guys racing on that, on that, where Joseph came out from the outlap in, in Long Beach. I mean, just from your perspective, I mean, how sketchy was that? And it was, you know, it looked really close. <laughs> it was really close. And I did like turn five. You cannot overtake there. I mean, he needs to have an issue, but uh, turn six on the outside uh, was super dirty. And I knew it was super easy to just defend there. And then it was over from there. So it was the only place where I could just I try and and unsettle him so I could overtake him into turn six. So, yeah, I just needed to put some pressure on him. Um, it was really sketchy because I went too much on the curb and the car jumped and I almost spun going on throttle with the overtake. So it was like all messy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun. Obviously, the outcome was not as fun. But um, yeah, it was it was close racing and and it was on the limit of spinning there. So yeah, I was I was lucky. I was lucky. <laughs> the, the the exit of turn five. I think you were sideways for like three or four seconds, like getting the power. Yeah, down. because <laughs> the issue is that I went on the overtake button and then the engine was. Yeah, obviously yeah. it was too much power for, for <laughs> the, the turn I had. So yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, I, I kind of wanted to take us back a little bit now, Alex, and and go back to, to Barber last year because obviously the next race is Barber and, and that's what the, the guys listening to the podcast will be kind of looking forward to now. And uh, I, I kind of wanted to, to kind of get your feelings now reflecting back on it because I remember at the time that was a really busy period before the race and, and after the race. And obviously you just switched teams. There was a lot going on. You were learning a lot and then you won your first race with the team and, and that was great. But then suddenly that involved a lot of like, I guess you were doing a lot of media after that and you were, and then you were focusing on the next race and you didn't really probably get time to, 
really think about that race and, and what it meant to you for your, for your career and, and personally, what, what a big achievement that, that felt. So, so what do you feel now with the ability to, to kind of, of having a year gone by to, to kind of think about that race now, what does it mean to you from, from, for yourself? Yeah, that was amazing. It was an amazing weekend. Uh, overall, like first race with a team, we qualified in the fast six, uh, which was super good. And then we, we won the race. So, um, yeah, what a way to start with a team or a season. Right. So I felt amazing. I was a bit, um, lucky that we got two test days before the race there. So I knew how the car was handling. I knew what I needed from the car. I knew where I was good, where I was not good. So that's, it was like everything was put together for me to try and and make a good result there and and we and we did um so yeah it was super special for me first winning indycar um i couldn't really believe it that it was coming so early and that everything went so well like it was not a luck uh race i think it's one that we had to work on we had to save some fuel against power and dixon which are the best at saving fuel um and and it was my first time trying to save fuel and trying to win the race. So I was like, Oh no, Oh no. How do I do that? So <laughs> it was, it was a fun weekend. It's a fun place to drive in the cars. It's I think one of the toughest trucks we go to physically. Um, and it's, it's always awesome to go through there. So I can wait to go back. Um, we have a good car. We, we were able to test there uh, a few weeks ago again, and it felt good. So yeah, kind of wait. So I guess looking ahead to looking ahead to Barber, um, it, you know, I, from the outside, it seems like the type of place that your driving style watching over the course of the year is, is sort of particularly suited to like the, the road courses in particular, it's, it rewards being smooth. It rewards being able to be sort of a little delicate on the tires over the course of stints, you know, the guys that are really driving the hell out of the car and they're sideways and they're working it uh, maybe looks fast on street circuits sometimes, but on a track like that doesn't always, you know, reward you at the end of the day. So I'm wondering if, if you feel that's the same case, you know, where uh, is Barber among the places you feel like you just coming from your background that you were suited to being good at right away, in addition to having a good car and having those test days and, uh, you know, did that add to your confidence going there? Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's like a new European, uh, style track, super smooth. Uh, you can get some curbs, um, long corners, high speed corners. So it's like a being in Europe. Um, but then you go to other like road America, it has nothing to do with Europe. So bumpy and <laughs> so long and up and down. So, um, yeah, I think Barbara is a place where I feel really comfortable. Um, you never know if we show up now and I start struggling, but, um, <laughs> like, yeah, come on. I don't want to, but yeah, I feel, I feel good. Um, I, I think also that, uh, as you say, my driving style being smooth and not working so much with the car it's uh, really beneficial there just because of the corners and how you have the braking zone especially the last sector it's super tough if you're working too hard with a car you're not going to make it through there um so yeah i think it fits me hopefully we can still have a good weekend there um and i and i can still enjoy barber you mentioned about being smooth alex i just wondered since you've kind of come into the Ganassi team and, and your teammates have seen your driving style as much as you've seen theirs. 
have they been keen to try and learn some things with with things like tire management and at places like Barber where you're maybe naturally keeping the wheel straighter and and you're not you know you're much more kind of um I don't I don't think conservative is the right word but maybe balanced is the right word in terms yep. of your 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 kind of your driving style has that helped the the other guys do you think have they been keen to ask you about that and, and learn from you on that yeah I think that sharing all the data and being able to see you can really see easily the 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 steering traces and the brake traces and and we try and and adapt obviously the way that scott uh, drives is something natural for him and the way i drive it's natural for me so it's just easier for 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 us to do our own styles but yeah i think we've been trying to um I've been trying to learn from Marcus in some areas and from Scott in some others that they are better. Uh, like Scott is so good on uh, hard braking zones. He's like insane. He, he's like, he's driving an F1 car, like braking so deep into the corner, <laughs> but the car is sideways. So for me, I'm not used to that. And I'm trying to, to learn from that and, and try and, and improve that. But yeah, I would say that we are learning a little bit from each other. But uh, it's always tough. It's always tough to do something that it's not natural for you. Well, I'd love to uh, sit here and ask you about your driving style and food for the for the rest of the day, but I'm sure you have other things to do. So if you're listening now, don't forget to go back and hear up some of our catalogue of podcasts, which includes episodes with Joseph Newgarden and Scott McLaughlin, who seem to be Alex Pillow's closest rivals to, to start this season. I don't know if that will stay the same. Uh, it could be any one of about 10 other people who might join that mix. We'll have to wait and see. But we'll be back after Barber, where Alex Pillow is definitely going to win. I hope after coming on this nice. podcast, Thank we'll you. be a good, like we'll it. be a, we'll be a, we'll be a good omen for for you uh, winning <laughs> the race. So thanks, Alex, for joining us, and good luck finding some some fried chicken next time out. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, guys, for having me once again, and yeah, I I hope I can get some fried chicken after barbecue. <laughs> The Athletic.